Hello, I'm Luca De Giglio, and this is the Web3 in Travel podcast, where you can learn about crypto, blockchain, and how the new internet will change travel. Hi, everyone. Welcome to this new episode of Web3 in Travel podcast. Today, we have with us NARP. Um, He's going to present himself, but uh, I really want to talk to him because I heard an interview uh, he did a few weeks ago, and he is both very knowledgeable in, you know, he's a developer or a technical guy who got into crypto recently, but uh, very quickly, very he, he went into, you know, he understood the, the, the most important parts and probably even more than that. And he's also working for a corporation, which is Expedia. And Expedia was... Uh, Maybe the first corporation NARP to get into crypto when a few years ago they started accepting Bitcoin for flights, if I'm not wrong, and then and then they stopped. We're gonna talk about that too. So NARP, welcome to the to the show. <laughs> it's a show, and uh, please introduce yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Luca, and yes, pleasure to be on. Thank you for having me, and hello, everybody. Uh, yeah, so my name is Narbe Shanazarian. I go by Narb for short. Um, I'm a software engineer at Expedia for almost seven years now. Uh, it'll be seven years in January. Uh, I predominantly have been in the cruise domain, uh, but I have recently switched over to the flights. Um, so that's Web2Me. Web3Me uh, is a Web3 aficionado, <laughs> as Luca mentioned. Um, so I am a member of Developer DAO where I basically host a podcast kind of similar to this, but called Dev Intel for developers to come on and showcase the hard work that they're doing. Um, and then I also run a not-for-profit called the Glossetta Foundation, whose purpose is to educate the non-technical person around web, the high-level high Web3 concepts. And as if I didn't have enough uh, spare time on my hands, I also run a, uh, a company uh, that does a bit of philanthropy with a co-founder of mine um, called Good People Click where we allow you to shop online and we donate to charities on your behalf uh, at no extra cost. And yeah, like I said, ecstatic to be on here today. Thank you, Luca. So you're a good guy. Why the Mordor background? So if you listen to the podcast, yeah. there's a nice Mordor, you know, Lord of the Rings, uh, evil uh, people <laughs> in his background. So why? <laughs> yes, yes. Great question. So uh, this background kind of came up when the pandemic started. So I'm a big uh, Lord of the Rings fan. Um, every Christmas, I have a tradition of watching all three versions of the movie, the extended editions. Oh, yeah. uh, but anyways, uh, I put this background up uh, just to have a bit of fun at work. And then it started out as a pretty good conversation starter, just like uh, before we started this podcast. Uh, so I just kept it ever since and I've been rolling with it. <laughs> all right. Um, I'm changing the subject, but there's a reason. Are you following the ordinals thing in Bitcoin? Uh, no, I haven't, uh, I haven't oh, heard of okay. that. No. So there's uh, Udi, um, Udi and, and Eric. There are two prominent Bitcoiners who are doing the wizards. I don't know if you've seen that. So the, the, the dressing is wizards and they're kind of pushing development on Bitcoin, etc. Anyway, uh, they asked for, um, there was a quest to do a movie about ordinals. And I did uh, a short movie with the scene of Lord of the Rings where uh, Gandalf fights with the Borg or something, this monster which breaks Balrog. the bridge. Balrog. Yeah, the yeah, Balrog. Sorry. Yes. And, and then he falls uh, He falls into this, uh, this 
pit for and it falls for hundreds of years or something. So I did a scene uh, overlapping my face with the beard and everything as a metaphor for, you know, Bitcoin fighting against, I can't even remember that, but like maybe the fiat system or something like that. I sh- I said nice. the link. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. It was fun. <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Um, okay. Listen, so mm, the idea is that you have, uh, you probably have a um, very specific perspective on web tree and trouble because you're both technical and you're both, you know, uh, you're not only technical web tree, you're also web two. So you are based on the real world. You, you, you know how things actually work. You don't go out with, you know, Web3 dreams like, okay, you know, blockchain is going to change everything, 2017-18 kind of thing, or mm-hmm. Web3 and DAOs are going to change everything more recent. You probably know what works and what doesn't work. And you probably also know why some things are not happening yet, etc. So it, I that's why I, I want to talk to you, your perspective. Um, let me start by asking you in general, what is your view of the travel industry and web tree just very freely for sure yeah uh so the travel industry for people who aren't working in the space is actually quite a complicated area every uh different domain whether it's cruise or flights or cars or vacation rentals um each of these things is a very complex domain um and the biggest issue um i see at least from my experience, is the data sources that kind of power all the bookings in the background. Um, they're usually very slow to um, innovate in the sense that most people view it as if it's working, there's no need to change it. Um, and that kind of stifles the innovation from um, the the back end, way back end, so to speak. But that doesn't mean that consumers um, such as um, online travel agents like Expedia or whomever, they have the power to innovate as much as they want, but there's still some limiting factors in terms of what you can do in terms of inventory and supply and, and whatnot. So one of the biggest things or one of the biggest areas of interest for me personally, and um, everything that I discussed here is basically my personal opinions and views. Uh, so take that uh, as it is. But the the biggest thing that I kind of see kind of pushing the travel industry forward is um, the tokenization of travel assets. And you see a lot of different companies kind of exploring that. Uh, A lot of it has to do with essentially creating NFT versions of um, whether it's a flight or a hotel room or whatnot. And in conjunction with that, um, there are a lot of... uh, uh, people that are trying to drive that with um, open marketplaces. So I kind of see that as one of the the biggest emerging trends that we'll see once most of the travel industry kind of adopts Web3. Um, and a lot of corporates actually don't realize that using blockchain is um, a great way to save on costs in the sense that you have a bunch of open infrastructure that's maintained by many, many, many different people around the world. And it is, Far less costly in, in, if you if you're using the right chains uh, than your cost day with AWS or Azure or what have you. Which, um, depending on what your contract uh, um, contract specifications are, could be <laughs> in the millions uh, way out there. 
Okay, so yeah, you, yeah. You, you're focused on how mm, the infrastructure, there's like a new infrastructure that is not being yet used and which has in some, in some probably use cases uh, advantages over the existing infrastructure. Not only cost, right? Is um, well, what would you say to uh, a big corporation like Expedia or, or any other one? If you could speak to the you know the, the, the right person and say, okay, look, and you can sit down with them for a few hours and say, look, this is Web three, and that's what we could do now. Now, not before waiting for you know world adoption or uh, regulatory clarification. Well, that now, what what would you do now if you were in in charge of, right. of this decision? Yeah, that's a that's a great question. So right now, to be able to present a really great uh, customer experience um, in terms of using this tech, it's still a bit a ways away in terms of um, people getting rid of the need to manage their own wallets, sign transactions, pay gas fees. So if it was to be done in a way where the user doesn't really understand that they're using Web3 under the hood. I think that will be a great way to kind of go about things. And on the flip side, in terms of uh, optimizing operations um, for a corporation that's looking to use blockchain, blockchains are, are great. Um, you can have a public version of a blockchain, which many of us are familiar with, or you can have a private version. Each has their own pros and cons, but if you really want to um, get at the meat of Web3, you really have to go towards a public blockchain, whether it's a Bitcoin and Ethereum, a layer two on Ethereum, like Polygon or, or, or whatever. Um, but essentially, it's not only costs that can be reduced with infrastructure, but now you have this big resiliency network um, where data is essentially kept 100%, uh, almost 100% uptime. Um, assuming that all the nodes in the network are still running. So even if a part of, so if I'm running a node and you're running a node, Luca, and then for whatever reason, our internet connection goes out and we can't support the system, there's millions of other people that are running the same software that are supporting that network that will keep the system running. So you do get that fallover um, and resiliency uh, out of the box as well. And on top of that, because everything is open source, there's way more critique of um, all the different security um, um, concerns that may be out there. And you have many different developers having eyes on it to be able to uh, more quickly come to resolve on those issues versus a limited set of folks who may be inside a corporation that look at code. And we all see all the different kinds of data leaks and whatnot that kind of come out. So um, I think there's only pros to, to this technology. Now it won't right. it won't completely replace it won't completely replace everything that we're using today, but I think it's a very nice complement um, to, to today's world. So you will probably start slowly moving some parts of the of the, the tech stack on on the decentralized um, uh, infra which is now available, and and basically take it slow and see how it goes. And you're gonna acquire resiliency. Uh, sorry, I'm basically re-saying re what you said just to make sure I understood yeah. it. And, and um, it will be more resilient. It will be also save money in some cases. In some cases, it's still better to use AWS or whatever. So it will be kind of like a, a very practical uh, and realistic approach, not an ideological one like Web3 is by the Web2, whatever, right? 
So just use what is out there and what works now. Okay. And yes. that's at the infrastructure level. Um, do you see anything happening in the short term? Or, or do you see something which could happen? Or would you do something at the at the app layer? And before you reply, I'm gonna just throw out there the, the this new app, which is Friends or Friend Friend Tech, uh, yeah. which is yeah. It's something which you know started a bit like a Ponzi scheme, but it's it's still there. It's kind of working, and it's interesting to see the approach they had because it doesn't require wallet knowledge and stuff. Of course, you're losing in uh, in decentralization, you're losing sovereignty, but it's working, right? So, do you see uh, something happening in the short term in the travel industry at the app layer, or or basically any app or any use case for for customers or, or businesses? Yeah, I think the easiest thing, um, if I were running a travel company to kind of test the waters of Web3 at this moment is to introduce um, payments, um, being able to pay for travel with crypto. Um, why do I say that? Is because the average person, um, their biggest knowledge point with Web3 is around the cryptocurrency space, whether it's for speculation, uh, which is probably what it is. Um, but the the reason I say that is because there's not a lot of places that you can actually spend your cryptocurrency right now. So we all know Bitcoin mostly is seen as like a store of value, Ethereum to a certain extent as well. But um, there's many other tokens um, like USDC, for example, or USDT, um, Eurocoin as well, where basically these things are one-to-one -one parity with their backing uh, fiat uh, currency. So theoretically, a person who wants to trip pay uh, for travel should be afforded the opportunity to do so with a, with a cryptocurrency. And there's many different solutions out there that um, will enable a corporation to not necessarily hold that crypto and um, to, to appease the, the accounting folks. Um, so you have a full resolution of crypto to fiat to bank account. But for the end user, they have that many more options to pay with if they so choose. So um, Travala is, is a great example of this. Um, they're doing uh, basically hotel and flight bookings, allowing users to book with crypto or uh, the traditional payment rails. And uh, interestingly, they have uh, every month and every quarter, they release kind of this monthly uh, review of how their business is going. And an interesting stat um, that's out there is even though that they present both um, methods of payment for the user, their predominant use case is people paying with crypto, which kind of speaks volumes to there being demand for such a thing out there. So that's 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 kind of where I see the initial like Web3 adoption happening. And then uh, another kind of parallel to that um, would be companies looking to enhance their loyalty programs with Web3. So it wouldn't be replacing them completely, um, but it'd be more, more so taking a Starbucks-like approach where they introduced their Odyssey program, but they didn't replace their very successful loyalty program. They kind of added a layer on top of that. So that's kind of how I see a lot of corporates, not, not, not even just travel, just corporations in general, kind of getting into that space. Um, but uh there is there is a lot of uh, regulatory um blockades out there that are kind of preventing that so even, even uh, on, on that, the loyalty pro programs or more on the payment side 
more on the payment side, I would oh, say. Okay. Uh, loyalty, there, loyalty. There's there's a bit more flexibility uh, in terms of what you can and can't do. Um, but essentially, most of the things that I've seen, um, essentially, they, it revolves around having a um, NFT representation of something um, and calling it a digital collectible. <laughs> right. Sure. Yeah, that, that's what they do now. They, they change the name because NFT is toxic, so they change the name. Yeah, um, toxic, let, yes. yeah. <laughs> let me tell you a bit my my take on this. So payments, I was very excited about payments early on. I started accepting Bitcoin uh, as a payment method on my uh, vacation rental platform in 2014. Um, that was, um, yeah, that was like many years ago now. And it never took off until... Uh, I had I had to open this bank account, a Silicon Valley bank account, uh, because I had a startup, and they told me we're gonna open the bank account for you if you remove any mention of Bitcoin on your website. So I removed it, uh, and so I had my useless bank account, basically at SVB, Silicon Valley Bank. And when I removed it, people started asking to pay in Bitcoin, and Bitcoin was worth like two hundred, three hundred dollars, and I, I couldn't accept any. And, and now, you know, thinking about, 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 about that and thinking that Silicon Valley Bank actually <laughs> was destroyed <laughs> because of the dangers of the fiat system and not because of the dangers of the crypto system. It was really, really weird, um, uh, paradoxical in a way. And, and then, you know, and then the 2017-18 period in which, you know, Travala came out, uh, Lock, Lock Trip um, came out and... The biggest use case is actually payment with cryptocurrencies. Uh, I'm not too excited about that. I wasn't completely. I was completely against that in a way that I personally never never wanted to spend my crypto. Um, mm -hmm. But that was a bit before the, the stable coins were were a thing. And uh, and even today, I'm if I want to spend my crypto, I can use my Binance card, my CryptoCoin card. It's not a very compelling use case. Yeah, it's good to know that I can use my USDC or something, but I'm not using them. Uh, still, then I went to a conference in, in uh, Lisbon, uh, Ethereum conference, and I found out people who actually earn only crypto, and they don't want to, they don't have a bank account, and they don't want to go back from, you know, the new system to the legacy system just to pay uh, Booking.com mm -hmm. or Expedia uh, mm -hmm. Booking. So they said, no, I, I'm using Travada because I can use my crypto. And that, of course, in the bear market, where less people earn, earn crypto is not strong as before but i see there is a use case i'm only i only think it's not that mm, strong okay uh, and by the way a few days ago sleep.io launched which is uh, another uh, booking platform which is also accepting cryptocurrency so uh, basically the, the the environment that the industry is doubling down on this use case again crypto payments are gonna just keep growing but they're not enough to it's not something which we like, you know, it's not something which is 10 times better. You can use credit cards and paying crypto is not 10 times better unless you only own crypto. That's a bit of a thing. Uh, and I'm more excited about the loyalty programs, actually. Um, mm -hmm. And I agree 100% with you is uh, nobody should really dismantle their loyalty programs and, and adventure them, you know, like going into NFTs without even knowing how that works but yeah as experiments and we've seen recently you know etihad not so recently but even lufthansa a few weeks ago they started uh i i keep calling it experiments because i'm sure these are not main yeah. 
things, but like somebody's allowed them to try that. And but they're very and interesting. And Lufthansa really did a very good execution on that. So yeah, and, and Starbucks, Starbucks is not really travel, but yeah, they, they did it too. So yeah, I, I kind of agree basically with, with what you say. Mm, but I have to say, I'm still waiting for, and I keep using this word because it makes me look uh clever, but it's actually a powerful word. It's a skeuomorphic thing, right? That a post-skeuomorphic approach in which we do things in Web3 and travel, which we're not only like we're not even conceivable before. Right. Mm. We are we aren't there yet, right? You're still doing the loyalty program differently. We're still doing payments differently. I'm really waiting for the moment in which somebody comes up with an idea, which is not not only not doable in Web2, but not even conceivable. And uh yeah. that's gonna happen. It's gonna be very nice to see what, what comes out of it. Well, NF, uh, NFTs as bookings is something like that in a way. Because yes. They they transform what used to be a contract. So I book your room. That's a contract which me and you to a digital asset, and I buy that night. And now it's mine, and I do whatever I want with it. So NFTs for bookings is is something is like maybe the first post geomorphic uh, thing in uh, in Web three. Okay, I so just yeah. I wanted to kind of uh, tell you my 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 point of view with that. Um, what about tokenization? You were mentioning that. Um, can you tell me a bit more? Because the, it it may be that the next bull run is going to be about real world assets. So yeah, RWA uh, and tokenization of of assets in in the travel industry is is maybe that. I was recently in Prague speaking at the conference of hotel asset managers. And uh, there was a little bit of talk of that. But what do you think about that? What is your take? Yeah, uh, it essentially kind of uh, piggybacks off of uh, your last point there about um, that post-skeuomorphic um, approach to travel. The, the really interesting thing about tokenizing uh, travel assets like uh, a hotel room or a flight ticket is that not only do you get as a as an end user of someone booking travel you get like a more transparent view of what a given um, hotel or, or flights actual booking status is um you now also get this bonus effect of being able to create a open marketplace so you can have your traditional um otas selling travel like they do today but now you have the um, the option of introducing a secondary market, just kind of like kind of like how Ticketmaster has today, where you can buy tickets from them. But there's things like StubHub and secondary market or secondary markets on Ticketmaster itself that people can go and sell their tickets. And a big thing about blockchain is the transparency. If you're using a public blockchain, right? So that kind of um, fights off the the fraudulence um, and um, security concerns of buying something on the secondary market. Of course, there anybody is free to actually add more uh, uh, security checks, double verifications, and whatnot. Um, on top of that, through like digital identity and verification, but the fact that people can book a given hotel stay or maybe like a popular hotel, and then if they can't make it, say, say I book a hotel for five days. And then I can't make two of those five days at the end. I'm not stuck with um, 
having not getting the refund for that two days and then the hotel isn't stuck with that room being empty for the two days right so i can go resell that on a secondary market gain a little bit of profit on my end but at the same time the hotel will also potentially gain royalty fees for that and and i think it's a scenario where everybody wins um so you don't really see that in today's world where the end customer uh is able to benefit um from uh being able to to resell or or list uh something um so i think that's a really 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 powerful use case for the travel industry however i think it will be difficult to get every single hotel and uh, airline carrier and, and whatnot to kind of agree on that just because of the earlier fact i mentioned that technology and innovation at the travel level is very slow to kind of pick up but um, if we have enough of these uh, small wins um, from smaller hotel chains for example or smaller airlines then that provides like a bigger successes that other companies can say oh yes this is working for these maybe we can start to quote unquote experiment um doing the same the travel industry has always suffered from this uh low or slow technical adoption and often outsiders come in and they change everything last one being airbnb yeah. uh but even i guess uh, i'm not sure about the history of expedia or booking for sure like people from come from the internet or at least they came from this new thing called the internet uh in a moment in which the internet for hotels let's say hospitality right was like you need a website which is like put your catalog online that was the, again, pre-skeuomorphic approach. Yeah, we have catalogs. We can do them digital now, put them online. And then Booking.com comes and completely you know, revolutionizes the whole booking process. And then Airbnb did the same. Airbnb people were not from at all from, from the travel industry. They completely changed the hospitality um, business, right? Now... Who's going to do the web trade thing? Is this going to be like a, a big corporation? Of course, you don't know, but it's just I want to you probably think a little bit about that. Um, is it going to be Booking.com who does NFT bookings or NFT loyalty first? Or is it going to be some small startup somewhere which comes and, and changes everything? Uh, I, I just say it's not going to be hotels. I'm, I'm 100% sure. It's not going to be the small players that are not there technically. Uh, but yeah, what do you think about that? Who's going to, who's going to bring NFTs in, in travel? I think it's probably going to be a startup or a series of startups just because they have way more freedom to try different things. Corporations are um, essentially, they don't want to skew too much off the rails um, because at the end of the day, um, they're in the business of making money and, and appeasing their shareholders. So you don't really want, especially the very successful ones like the Expedias and the bookings, they don't really want to touch their end product too much uh just because if something is working like i mentioned before you don't really want to um transform it 180 degrees into something else however there's for a startup um you basically have a open canvas to do anything and everything and much more freedom to uh, we use this word again experiment uh with different approaches to see what sticks so in my view i think um, we're going to see a decent rise in of uh, travel startups that are looking to kind of change the norm of how things work today. 
who that becomes, who the successful uh, people uh, end up being, who the next Airbnb of Web3 is, I, or, or whatever, uh, I'm not sure. But um, there are a lot of very, very smart people in the Web3 space. So the, the, there's an ocean of opportunity there. So you think the the next big company like the, the newcomer like Airbnb was uh, a few years ago, is it gonna be a Web three company, or maybe not? Yeah, I don't know if they label themselves exactly as a Web three company. I think um, they would probably be looking to use Web three technology like um, blockchains, but. I kind of see a melding of that and a lot of AI, ML, and potentially uh, virtual reality and augmented reality as well. So a big thing uh, I am pretty excited about is, I don't know if you've seen it, but um, the Lex Friedman podcast with uh, Mark Zuckerberg, where they, yeah, the Kodak avatars. I think that's a very, very interesting use case where essentially you have um, uh, AR and ML, and, or sorry, VR and uh, ML kind of playing together uh, with Web3 in, in the so-called metaverse, right? And a big kind of, big thing there is they're, they're basically trying to emulate uh, a human in the metaverse, which is very interesting and kind of very sci-fi out there. When I saw that, I, I was nerding out, uh, as, as I'm sure a lot of people <laughs> um, But for something like travel, one can kind of foresee perhaps um, a travel company kind of starting up using that technology or something similar to it um, to promote like virtual tours or points of interest, being able to travel with family that can't travel. So say you have a parent or grandparent that is a little bit older and doesn't like to travel or can't travel, uh, potentially if they're wearing a headset or something and one Part of the family can go travel in real life and the other one with the headset can kind of join them. Um, so there's different, uh, very, very uh, compelling uh, use cases that might come out of that. The technology is still very, very leading edge. So I'm sure there's, and I, know, I actually know there's there's a lot of work that has to be done to kind of get it to that point. Uh, one of the big things is people not having to wear those clunky headsets and kind of wearing something that's more uh, reasonable or, or approachable for like an average consumer. maybe. Maybe this is what the Apple Vision top-selling consumer product becomes uh, in a handful of years' time. But um, I see kind of a melding, essentially, of all of these um, emerging technologies. So long story short, I, I, I don't think they'd be labeled as a sole Web3 company, more so a general tech company using these myriad of tools to, to yeah, build this new... When this becomes a big issue, like you, you lose the name, like uh, yeah. you don't call booking an internet company, right? Uh, I mean, yeah, every, everything is on the internet now. You're not gonna again say we are an online company. I mean, and we're gonna yeah. get to a point where everybody's gonna use parts of crypto behind the scene, maybe uh, parts of uh, VR for sure, LLM, so AI. Uh, so I definitely agree that there won't be, you know, a, we are a Web3 company. Maybe, maybe some. Yeah. It depends when they come, I guess. So if if it's like the first one, they're going to be differentiated. It's like, okay, these are, this is like a, a, a travel 3.0 or something like that. But yeah, names don't really mm -hmm. matter. Uh, still, you you yeah. don't think this is going to come from the, from the big corporations going to 
come from outside and uh even if cooperation will be like very well placed i mean imagine i don't know if you can discuss cases with, like with expedia or maybe i can use booking i don't know if there's a problem but uh let's say bookings decides to do an experiment with an nft bookings i use booking.com right and i try to use other like you know i try to use travala and others i never rarely get the, a better price it's, it's not as mm -hmm. i end up using booking.com against every fiber of my of my body but i i mm -hmm. use them and i already feel that i'm missing out on not getting an nft for every booking i i do uh for the reasons you explained like i, I can resell maybe a few of the nights in the nft or um yeah basically having this this asset but also because i want to keep an nft after my booking i want to build my own collection of places i've been to for many reasons not last getting big airdrops as in defy mm -hmm. because it's yeah. always nice to get a few thousand dollars for not working and um i i feel that every time i book i book in this legacy way i'm not getting an nft and and, and i'm not happy i want an nft so how hard would it be for booking to give you an nft uh you know for free just as a stamp on your passport that you you use the use the platform and you book that hotel wouldn't cost much and it wouldn't have any um like bad effects like uh downside you know just give an nft whatever you know it's not that hard and i would attract people who want them uh, so there may be use cases in which actually the corporations move fast enough and they have they, they have everything ready, right? And in a, in a way is what, let's say, Lufthansa is doing, right? Lufthansa has the loyalty program, I'm sure is very expensive to maintain. It's got many people with miles and more. I think that's how it's called, miles and more. But they launched this very nice uh, uh, Web3 NFT-based loyalty program where we don't have to buy anything. You just... Download the app, get your NFT, and then scan your old, you know, old boarding pass and, and, and trips, and you get an NFT for that. Like, it's a no-brainer, and people love it. Uh, if Booking or Expedia or others do that, I mean, they're going to have a lot of usage, especially because you don't require to do your, you know, the the, the 12 word seed and, and learn all this wallet stuff, etc. So I'm still, I, I'm, I think the jury is still out. Uh, they still have a chance to do that. Will they do it? As you said, they tend to be slow, very conservative. They don't want to take risks. So maybe somebody else will do this. But somebody else doesn't have the bookings they have. That's a bit of a problem. Um, yeah. Maybe maybe there's going to be a vampire attack like that. This comes <laughs> to my mind right now. A vampire attack like the sushi swap against Uniswap, where somebody says, I'm going to give an NFT for every booking you did on Booking.com completely illegal completely you know predatory <laughs> but maybe it's gonna do it and you know i will get this i will get this nfts why not right uh of course they, they would need access to the well i can give the maxes to my bookings why not so yeah it's gonna be interesting somebody's gonna do something and, and all the corporations are gonna have to react uh quickly and they're not so good in reacting quickly are they so yeah fun, fun times ahead indeed indeed and uh, on that point, uh, my perspective on that is, yes, uh, any company can can issue NFTs for you using their platform. Uh, however, in, in my opinion, I, I think 
the NFT should serve some sort of purpose beyond just like recognition of you doing something. Uh, and I think that's that's the big challenge a lot of corporations will kind of have to come up with um, is what are what will be the future use cases of these um, NFTs that uh, land in your wallet or maybe you don't even realize they're NFTs. They call them like digital collectibles like uh, Starbucks is doing. But the the key will be how the corporations and, and, and anyone really, how they kind of brand um, these collectibles in the sense that you don't want them to kind of put up, for example, you don't want a corporation to put up uh, NFT collection to represent a real world object, but they charge a ludicrous amount for you to have this collectible. Um, but it doesn't really serve any use case beyond just saying, oh, hey, I have this thing to go with this thing um, and I pay this extra money. Because the big thing, um, and I'm sure you know, uh, in the Web3 space right now is reputation is everything because the user base is so niche and a lot of people in this uh, space are very riled up with how corporations are are behaving today. Um, so any little uh, kind of deviation from the so-called happy path um, and your reputation um, in the space could be tarnished. So you kind of, if I were running a corporation, I would want to be careful in how I would brand um, these NFTs and what their uh, purpose would be um, for the end user. Um, so there, there, there's challenges there. And I think that's a, that's a big thing a lot of um, folks are probably thinking about. Um, at least yeah. I would hope that's how they're thinking. No, yeah. no you're right because w one way the I always picture this, you know, maybe young uh, innovators in a big corporation and they go to the higher levels and they say, okay, let, we should do NFTs. And uh, the only way they can convince them is to say we can sell NFTs. And selling NFT, come on, you you're basically mm -hmm. asking me money to get something which costs nothing to you. On yeah. the promise that I will get something, but that's not very specific, and maybe it was not going to be right. This is not a good deal. And like Etihad did that, uh, Trip.com did that. You know, you have to buy their NFT, and I'm very suspicious mm -hmm. of buying NFT. Okay, that's why I like what Lufthansa yeah. did. You don't buy the NFT, and if you collect these travels, you have a collection of enough ten travels in Europe, one lounge access or something like that. But I didn't pay for it. They they are rewarding me. And unfortunately, I haven't traveled Lufthansa for a long time now or, or, or any other airline in that alliance. Mm -hmm. uh, they're saying, okay, you travel with us. Thank you for what you did. Uh, here's a way for us to reward you. It's very close to an airdrop, right? And mm -hmm. this is yeah. nice, of course, from our point of view. Um, so I agree with you. It's, you know, it's going to be sad when corporations go into this I mean, I've heard them literally say there's a way to basically print money, right? Mm -hmm. Give me your money, yeah. I give it an NFT. Come on. Yeah, of, I mean, yeah. I'm sure they're going to make money, like they don't do enough, but uh, that's not the way to go. The way to go is to, 100%. Uh, in the fidelity, is to say, okay, you've been with us for a long time, here's something for you, right? That's a nice way. Um, it, but it's also a bit, and you mentioned that, it could not be easy to go that way because, and I'm not an expert, maybe you can correct me on that. I have the feeling that all these fidelity programs, loyalty programs, are based on the following premise. I'm going to give you points and I hope you don't use them. 
but because you have the points, you're going to book with me again, right? Uh, especially with airlines, right? And I give you points, but before you have enough, uh, you need you really need to be a frequent flyer to be enough. Of course, a frequent flyer loyalty programs. But uh, and the best use case scenario is when you get those points, you book with me many times, hoping to actually get something free, but then you don't get something free. So they expire. So there's limitations, etc. With NFTs, if done properly, the moment you give me ten thousand miles on an NFT and I can sell it, I'm already monetizing it. So maybe you as a you as a corporation, you don't like that because you're actually giving out real value, right? So that could be a counter um, force mm -hmm. against doing this properly, right? What do you think about that? Are these yeah. dynamics present in corporations? These are definitely things that a lot of folks are going to face like a tug of war on just because um, a lot of folks that are in that are running big corporations today, um, they don't really immediately get this like shift of paradigm where now the now the, the user, the end user can somewhat benefit more so um, and take maybe a small piece of the pie of, of the profits of the company. Um, and it, it's, it's really a hard sell when you when you think about it, you like, imagine you go to um, your CFO and say, oh, hey, yeah, we want to do this, but now we're going to like a chunk of the change out of the <laughs> of the balance is going to go to the end user. Um, so the it, it's I think there there is a happy path to, to kind of getting there. Um, I don't know if it's going to be a, a full wholesale change, but I think gradually as um, there's more evidence of, of such things being um uh, proven out to be beneficiary for the end customer and it creates uh, a, a happy cycle where the company ends up making their profits like they are today maybe even a little bit more but the end user becomes like even happier customer um, I think those kind of virtuous cycles will lead itself better to people being convinced that this is a um, far better shift um, at least in my opinion uh, for um, not people just in travel, but like any type of corporate um, interaction where you have this uh, B2C kind of element to it, or even a C2C. So the, the trick, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, no, the, no, go ahead. Go ahead. The trick to to sell this idea, in my opinion, or at least the way I would do it, is to say, look, this is marketing money. Uh, so you're going to spend less in marketing. So take a million dollars in marketing, you don't spend them, and give them out in perks so uh give people a digital collectible for the past experiences the past trip, the past purchases give it for free and then spend a million dollar less in marketing and give them perks so instead of giving the money to, uh, to google and facebook which basically marketing is google and facebook give it to your users it that's a bit easy to understand and it's easy to understand mm -hmm. that that could actually have good effects because users like because we are like we as users are being bombarded by advertisement paid to someone else so they, they take our time and attention but we get nothing in return uh so th that's the way i will do it before i forget uh do you know anything about the expedia bitcoin exp experience in the past like when they start wh why they stopped etc is there any talk about this in the company is it public i mean can you talk about it uh, I can't delve too much into the specifics, and it actually came before my time. But mm -hmm. essentially, uh, from what I've read about it, the company was accepting Bitcoin as payment, 
but as we know, the the perspective of people holding Bitcoin is they don't want to spend their Bitcoin. So exactly. I think that's that's probably a reason why it didn't really take off. Um, and to your uh, previous point about the marketing point, that's as, as actually a fantastic uh, way to think about it. And uh, because you you do essentially get um, free marketing if people are happy and talking about your product after receiving some sort of beneficiary um, um, token or NFT or whatever that has some sort of value to them. But yeah, it, it's um, it's 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 still a battle uh, to get to that point. But uh, yeah, that's a great perspective if, to think about. If you, if you notice to double down on this, uh, so in crypto we have basically three use cases: speculation, as you said, uh, DeFi. Which is against speculation, but this is at least is like is, is a, a whole new infrastructure, and NFTs, which is again speculation, but is a new infrastructure for digital assets. If you notice, the very successful projects or most successful projects in uh, in these verticals do not do advertising. When you see advertising mm-hmm. on Twitter for something crypto related, is usually a scam or something worthless. Their advertising is made differently, partly mm-hmm. with um, part well, a lot of organic stuff or pseudo-organic stuff. Uh, okay, of course, a lot of influencers, but also a lot of, let's call it airdrop, like giving something mm-hmm. back to the users, right? So maybe travel will go a little bit in that direction. Um, yeah. Question for you. Any interesting projects in travel with something Web3 related today? Uh, the biggest ones that I'm familiar with and kind of keeping my eyes on uh, revolve around this um, idea of tokenizing assets. So um, TravelX is one where they're yes. tokenizing uh, flight tickets. Right. And then Pink, Pink Tata is another one uh, where they're doing the same kind of idea, but with hotels. Um, so those two are the pure purest Web3 um, technologies that I'm kind of looking at. Another one, um, is around digital identity. Um, so not essentially a startup, but uh, LinkedIn essentially um, recently introduced a way for people to verify themselves using a Microsoft product called uh, Microsoft Entra, um, where they partnered with uh, Clear, um, the, the, um, the identity company. I don't know if you've seen it in US airports where they have this booth. You scan um, your uh, your face, your retinas, and then you kind of get this fast pass to kind of um, fast track your way through the airport. Um, hoping they eventually bring it to Canada, cross fingers. Um, but um, they're using uh, that in conjunction in conjunction with uh, blockchain as well. They're using um, the Ion network, which is a layer two on top of Bitcoin. So you kind of see this. Um, which one could you building, see? Uh, Ion, I-O-N. Uh, Ion. It's called okay. the Identity, Identity Overlay Network. On Bitcoin? Um, um, yeah, a layer two on top of Bitcoin. All right, okay, I didn't know that. Um, yeah, so you kind of see um, not directly a uh, a travel innovation, but a travel-esque company kind of working with major uh, identity players to kind of come up with a system to prove one's identity. So theoretically, if um, this works out on LinkedIn, it might have other applications in other places as well whether that's in travel or, or wherever. So those are kind of the big um, the big ones I, I have an eye on at this point in time. Did you figure out, uh, Pink Tada, uh, what kind of views they make of the of the blockchain? Did you go a bit deep in with them? 
I haven't gone too deep into research. It's a thing that uh, is on my list of things to do. But um, the the concept, broader concept, as I understand, is they tokenize the hotel room and then they let you create a marketplace. Um, either they have a marketplace or they let you, in their B2B business, uh, open up a marketplace that uses that supply. I'm not sure how they're actually going going about doing the uh, tokenization of the hotel room, but uh, yeah, something something to rabbit hole on. I'm asking because I um, I did an analysis. There's an episode in the Web Change Travel podcast about Big Data, and if I collect, if I if I remember correctly, I couldn't find uh, any on-chain activity basically. Um, and that's actually there's been kind of a um, I've seen this in other projects, which like go like we are blockchain based, and there's nothing on the blockchain, or at least it's not public, so I cannot see. It. Um, so I was wondering if you knew a bit more about that because sometimes it's just hard to find. It's out there, but they don't publish it for yeah. various reasons. Okay. Uh, as uh, as Pintada, there's um, there's also Tachyon, which is doing something similar. Uh, if we they give you NFTs, basically, uh, also Book Trip, Book Book Trip, so Book Trip mm. is doing that too. I actually, bought a, a night in Bali. I'm not going to Bali, but I bought an ID Bali on a, the cheapest I could find for five dollars, uh, just to get nice. the NFT, and uh, yeah. just you know because I always promise myself I'm gonna get every NFT in travel possible, but then some NFTs you have to buy for, and I don't think is is worth it. Some others you have to have you know very expensive hotel rooms, etc. So I don't have much, uh, but yeah. So that this NFT concept and booking is NFTs is actually producing startups. Um, mm-hmm. And just less than a year ago, there was basically nothing. It was just like an idea. So, so that's interesting. Any other projects you see there, or something you you would like to see, or something you're expecting to see, or? Hmm. That's a great question. Uh, perhaps more more spins on um, the digital identity space. I think with the rise of uh, zero knowledge uh, proof technology, I think there's. Uh, a lot of great opportunity there for um, maybe uh, optimizing the airport experience or um, any other place that you have to show um, government-issued credentials uh, to board um, like a cruise ship or, or whatnot. I think I think there's a lot of opportunity there, um, and I'm kind of waiting in the wings to see what 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 pops up there. In Europe, uh, but... there's more and more airports where you you scan your passport on this automatic gate and you go through. Is that yeah. something? But, but something more advanced than that, just like face recognition, you mean? Yeah, uh, essentially, there, there's a lot of like airport, especially. So, like for me, uh, you scan even if you check in online and you scan in scan your airport or scan your passport. You still have to wait in line to drop off your bags, and then you have to go wait in another another line. To kind of go through security and immigration and whatnot so if there is a way to kind of speed up that process um a, a new digital identity medium um or even the fact that not having to reveal everything and every, anything up about myself only the things relevant to me traveling i think that that would be a big win um, Z- but, ZK, yeah, we'll, zk proof is uh the, the, yeah let me just uh explain the concept to people who are listening with zk proof you you can prove uh, it's, it's zero knowledge proof it's basically i i can prove that 
I was born that day or that I have that information or that this is my name without giving you my name, without giving my birth of day, without giving anything. I just give you a say the internet says, yes, he is what he said, who he says he is, but you don't need to know who he is, something like that. Uh, really simplifying very much. It's like zero knowledge. You can prove that you have some kind of information or, or you are, yeah, well, you have some kind of information without revealing that information, which is the most counterintuitive thing you could think about because yeah. information is something which you have to give and show. But yeah, yeah, um, that that's certainly one of the many travel things which should be improved because we are so tired of going through these airports and you get this very fast flying thing but then you have to wait hours yeah. just before getting on it it's, yeah. it's completely crazy yeah yeah all right now a question which i hate when they do to me no i don't hate but i can't answer because i'm i'm, I'm always being very wrong in this which is timing <laughs> like uh you know i started going 100% into web training travel in 2017 and I would have swore, would have said five years from now decentralized Airbnb decentralized booking everything crypto etc it's six years now nothing almost nothing has happened I mean the trend is very clear and I'm, I'm very happy that yeah, you know it's been confirmed but we don't have really anything you know mainstream yet so the question for you is when when yes. is yes. when, when are you gonna have like you know something really at least the first big thing in in crypto related uh in travel when is it gonna be one year five ten fifty never <laughs> uh, i don't stuff. think never yes yeah. uh, yeah, stuff right? yes uh i think definitely it'll be in this decade um i think uh not just travel but web3 in general is still waiting for its kind of um, let's call it it's chat GPT moment because yeah. AI and ML has been around for yeah. a long while um, and nobody really took note of it or was super excited about it until a product like chat GPT has like came out and people and it was a, a consumer approachable product where you didn't really need much of anything to get going you just type a prompt and then bang you're on your way so I think we're still waiting for that really big kind of um, approachable web three product to come about. Um, and whether that's something for travel or, uh, commerce, DeFi, what have you, um, I think that product still, uh, has yet to be created, but I think it'll have its, um, Twitter, Facebook, uh, kind of moment sometime this decade. And I think once that, that kind of establishes itself, you'll see, uh, uh, the golden era kind of rush of the internet where um after twitter and facebook kind of came out like all these other innovative products kind of started coming out after it. whether they're repeats of things that were tried previously or not i think um that we're still waiting for that um and personally i think it comes some it comes sometime this decade okay do you feel an acceleration like in the last year or two something has accelerated in not in general, of course, everything is being accelerated yeah. like crazy, but travel, the travel industry, uh, Web3, the travel industry. Do you feel something is happening a bit more like quickly than it, it was happening before? Innovation is, you know, do you have this feeling? Because I have it, that's why I ask. Uh, I personally, I haven't seen seen it, anything 
to stick out to me uh, personally, but in Web3 in general, I think we're seeing more of a, a concentrated approach on trying to fix the, the UX side of things. Um, but I'm curious to hear what you uh, what your thoughts are on what you're yeah, seeing. Yeah, well, in, in, in trouble with it's more about quantity than quality. So uh, again, nothing which actually changes the way I experience trouble. But I've seen more and more startups, you know, co coming out more often. Uh, better ideas, also like more quality, in that in that sense, and especially. You know, the, I found you when I was doing an episode called uh, Travel News from Twitter. So I went on Twitter and I wrote uh, Web3 mm. Travel or Blockchain Travel and I saw your interview. In, in the other podcast, what was the name of the other podcast? The, where you were talking uh, The Web3 Web Working Group. Exactly. Okay. And, yeah. and during that research, which started at the end of August, so a month or something, I saw in progression, you know, Etihad uh, doing this new NFT, Trip.com, and and then a few others, and then Lufthansa. Lufthansa was the big moment for me. It's like, okay, Lufthansa got in during the bear market uh, in a proper way, which is a big, big news. It's not in a, you know, bull market, let's sell NFTs way, but uh, yeah. something much very well executed. And that was like a couple of three weeks ago. So I had I have this feeling that things are picking up. It could be a, a false start again, uh, but we are in the bear market. You're not in a bull market. You know, in bull mm -hmm. market, when things happen, yeah, okay, you know, everybody wants to do something with NFTs, whatever, they yeah. do it quickly. Uh, if it's bear market, I, I, I tend to give it a bit more credit. So yeah, mm -hmm. I have the feeling that we may be accelerating. And the thing about, you know, the exponential age is that when things really start accelerating, they they run away very quickly and phew, they fly away very quickly, and I'm a bit worried. Exactly. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Um, <laughs> it, it, you know, at the same time, AI comes out and you go after AI, of course, because how can you ignore it? Uh, now you know uh, VR, AR is coming back because of this last Friedman and took um, too many things at yep. the same time, and I don't feel ready for that. Uh, but at yeah. the same time, I've been waiting for a long time, so I feel very excited for that. So yeah, I feel there's an acceleration, definitely. Excellent. And I hope you're right. I, I, I'm ready. I'm ready for it all. <laughs> but I was talking today to a friend yeah. in terms like, you know, when is the next bull market? And he was saying maybe for sure not this year, maybe next year. And, and I was thinking, I, I, I want the bear market to last as long as I can. You know, it's quiet. You can accumulate. You can learn. You can prepare yourself. When the bull market comes, every everything becomes stupid in a way, right? You have new new people yes. coming out, these geniuses, which then turn out to be uh, SBFs. And I don't mm -hmm. know, I, I really enjoy bear markets with this, not at the beginning when everything is crashing, but when you, you feel that, you know, I'm repeating things everybody says, like people are building, there's no noise. And you know that we are just we we pass the worst and and then the the, the rest is going to be downhill. So that's a, the feeling I have right now. It's a very nice feeling when the bull market comes. And and for people who are listening, I'm not talking about bull market in te in terms only of money of like uh, your net worth going up and getting airdrops and stuff. About that, the fact that. Um, Things are, are going to pick up and a lot of experimentation would be possible, which is not possible now, et cetera. But in that moment, it becomes 
again, so stupid in a way, like nine out of 10 projects are totally hype-based and you know it, mm -hmm. and but everybody's talking about them, not about the rest. It gets really, really messy and I don't know, I'm not ready for that. So <laughs> yeah, I'm enjoying this. And, and we're kind of... And we're kind of seeing that with AI now, right? Like everybody's coming up with like any, yeah. any and everything uh, out there to see what sticks. So the AI it's kind of having have, its NFT moment. Yeah, yeah, but AI doesn't have all the speculation because there's no tokens. The speculation is at the yeah. uh, venture capital level, of course. Um, yes. But us as users, yeah, it's good. You know, GPT is is ChatGPT comes with new, uh, I'll be new things. There's many new things coming out. It's just good, good, good things. You don't have this formula that you have, you have to buy the token of GPT, you have to buy the token of uh, Anthropic, then you have to buy the NFT of that one. And so I'm enjoying this AI in a sense. Um, yeah. But with, with crypto, it, it at the same time, uh, on top of what I said, you always feel that, oh my God, that token maybe is going to go up a hundred times. How can I miss it, right? And you yeah. completely yeah. lose the, the focus on the right thing so and i've done three bear mark uh, triple runs and i know that i'm i i won't resist this time too so again enjoying this moment <laughs> yeah yeah okay we're only human we're only human yeah we're only human. Yeah, yeah. we want to be yeah. we want to make money without working we want to be rich and we want to be more rich than we 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 have a dreamt of and, and then, and then yes. everything crashes and we get poor again all right <laughs> at, least, at least at least we know it um, Okay, uh, Narb, it was great. Um, maybe you want to leave a few, you know, say a bit where we can find you and the projects you mentioned at the beginning, maybe you can talk about them again. So please go ahead. The, the stage is yours. Certainly. Thank you. Thank you, Luca. And again, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate um, uh, having me on here uh, to talk uh, travel and Web3. Uh, if you want to find me uh, on Twitter, X, um, I'm Narb underscore s so n-a-r-b like bob underscore s uh i'm most active uh there for web3 things so uh don't hesitate to um dm if you ever want to chat uh regarding the various uh initiatives that i mentioned uh earlier so developer dao uh if you want to follow developer dao on x it's developer underscore dao uh devintel also has its own um, Twitter handle, if you want to follow that as well, DevintelXYZ. Uh, for the Glossetta Foundation, if you want to follow Glossetta um, on Instagram, uh, TikTok, or Twitter, it's Glossetta dot, the word dot, uh, com uh, on all three. And Good People Click is Good People Click on all the uh, various social platforms as well. Um, and yeah. Uh, Really looking forward to seeing how travel uh, continues to evolve. Uh, whether or not it, it uh, blockchain becomes a prominent part of that, I'm uh, quite hopeful it does, just like you are. Uh, but um, like we mentioned, uh, builders got to keep building uh, till we get to that point. <laughs> okay, great. So we will put the links uh, you mentioned under the description. And thank you again. Uh, hope maybe to meet you somewhere sometimes. Maybe have you ever going? Have you ever? Are you ever going to Europe sometimes? It's on the bucket list. I haven't done it before, but uh, hoping right. to do a Web three conference and a Europe trip at the same time. Yeah, so we, we're organizing the the Web three yeah. travel conference next year in uh, in Italy. So maybe that could be a good chance to to get a flight. Interesting. Maybe maybe Interesting. buy an NFT for the flight. <laughs> yes. Right. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Narb. Thank you. Bye-bye. It was a pleasure. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Bye-bye.
and we're done. Thank you for listening to this episode. For more insights, follow me on Twitter at Tripluca, T-R-I-P-L-U-C-A. If you enjoy my podcast and want to support it, head on to podcast.webtreeintravel.com, tree is a digit, and mint an NFT. If you want to sponsor it, you can do it on the same page. I will mention you in the podcast and your name will appear on all donation NFTs for a while. Thank you and ciao.